It's Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand Season 2, Episode 41 with Garth Brooks and Ronnie Dunn. Well, you guys were gunning for the same radio airplay, the same venues at the same time. Was it ever competitive? Was the competition different back then than it is nowadays? One of my favorite sayings is, there's a room in the business for everybody. <laughs> you know, and you go at each other's That's, that's everybody says. That. And, then, you know, and, then, and behind the curtain, everyone is going, get me a faster horse. You know? Amen. Yeah, we're sitting out at the ACMs. We're both up for Entertainer of the Year. Yeah. You guys win it. I'm staring at you going up steps. So sweet. It, 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 half of you is happy and half of you is not happy. I tell you what, this was a crazy interview. We got to go to their recording studio. They have a new song out called Rodeo Man, Garth Brooks and Ronnie Dunn, and speak with the boys. We had a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy this interview with two country music icons. Give us a like, give us a rating, a subscription. It all helps us out here at Taste of Country Nights on Demand, powered by the Town Square Media Podcast Network. Evan Paul here with Taste of Country. Uh, we're here with Garth Brooks. Ronnie Dunn, no introduction needed. How you gentlemen doing? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying this because it's like I get to... I get to hear answers from him that I want to as a fan. So this is fun. It, it kicks and I'll be sitting through but the same, you know, interviews for, for years and giving the same answers. So. <laughs> so you get a little Kicks already knew what you are going to say. Right, exactly. And I know what he's going to say yeah. for the next 30 minutes once you ask him a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I still don't get to talk. Garson, he hasn't hit me yet. You guys recall, can you take me back to like the first time you became aware of one another? Oh, wow. That, that would be back in Tulsa. We were just talking about that, yeah. right? International yeah. Finals yeah. Rodeo. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We didn't meet till way after that, but... Uh, yeah. um, it's probably an award show or something. I, I, yeah. I bet, you know. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the best thing. And, and the cool thing about how a lot of people meet, or wives meet each other, and then, hey, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> That's really what happens. We get a chatty, outgoing wives that <laughs> taking care of business, right? I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Man. No, no, no. Stay in trouble. <laughs> what, I, what I love about this guy, though, is I'm a fan first. And I just enjoy it. Uh, every song they seem to come out with is like, holy cow. You know, I'd, I'd like to take a swing at that song. And uh, I don't know if it was that way with you, but I'm thinking things like Rodeo, Beaches of Cheyenne, this guy, well, this guy can kill any country song, but I would think he would have torn those up. Well, you guys were gunning for the same radio airplay, the same venues at the same time. Was it ever competitive? Was the competition different back then than uh, it is uh, nowadays? One of my favorite sayings is, there's a room in the business for everybody. <laughs> you know, and then you go at each other's That's, that's what everybody says. That, you know, and then, and behind the curtain, everyone is going, get me a faster horse. You know? Amen. Yeah, we're sitting out at the ACMs. We're both up for Entertainer of the Year. Yeah. You guys win it. I'm staring at you going up the steps. So sweet. It, 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 half of you is happy and half of you is not happy. And it's just, it's so good. But I can think of guys, uh, other artists uh, while we were there that you felt like you were competing with. For you guys, I always felt like I was pulling for you. It just, it, you were just a, a good thing for country music. And the, the whole duo thing just kind of set you apart. Did you guys ever go for the same song ever? You ever gone for the same song? Yeah, about... Six months ago. <laughs> so I write this song. Ronnie writes his song. I sent it to my buddy here to That's listen right. to. Next thing you know, he's cutting it. Man, I, I texted him just said, I don't want to get in on your song. I don't want to do, I don't want to do anything. 
I would take a look at that first verse and kind of see a little bit and the door open a little bit. And uh, I was lucky enough to get to sing with Ronnie Dunn. Now, you guys have always joked about this version of Brooks and Dunn. It's finally coming to light. Like, how does it feel to finally be here? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Again, man, it's just uh, not a statement of uh, humbleness, a statement of honesty. First of all, Hall of Famer. Yeah. But the voice, it just, uh, and, and trust me, we text about this a lot. He doesn't, I do, that I just don't think he understands how great of a singer he is. Um, but I don't know how you cannot and approach things with the confidence that his voice comes out mm-hmm. with. So getting to sing uh, next to Ronnie Dunn, especially on a song Ronnie wrote, uh, because if you ever go just hang out with Ronnie, the great thing is you go and sit down at a table, and behind him is every fucking number one song he wrote. <laughs> okay. You're looking and going, holy cow. It's it's awesome. So it's the relationship has been fun. Tell me about the first time you heard Rodeo Man. Like, How did it hit you? I, I told this to just text him back one word. It said smash. I just knew it was. It just it felt so good. Smash butt. Smash butt. <laughs> change the first. <laughs> it worked. That's right. I'm not going to get in here if I it don't worked, change something. Um, Cody Johnson seems to be about the only other guy that's doing like rodeo stuff. Why, why is that so important to keep that alive in country music? Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing my Cheyenne rodeo buckle. I mean, it's like I'm as proud of this. I've been worn it from day one. You have too. I didn't, I've got mine, didn't. yeah. And I, uh, yeah. So if, I mean, that's part of our culture that we came up in. Oklahoma, it's, it's Texas. Uh, all that area, you know, kicks and I thought when we got together, it's like we're we're probably not going to go any further than Texas, Oklahoma, maybe a little bit of Louisiana, and that'd be it, and that'd be fine. We'll last three years if we're lucky. And get out. But it's all just that that culture, you, you know. We, we you get to be, you know, and it is. You get down to the way you dress, you know. It's like if you don't wear the right stuff, the cowboys they'll they'll read you. Yeah, it's a, and and we, you know, I can speak for me. I think I can speak for you too. We owe our careers with men, women, and the hats. I always have from everything from much too young. Here comes rodeo, right? Beaches of Cheyenne. You just you just keep going down the list. Good ride, cowboy, all that stuff. So it's uh, we're just very very lucky. And you talk about well, you know, the whole rodeo family part. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing when we talk about friends in low places. We said, who do you want in there? We said we want to we want to weigh heavily on military families and want to weigh heavy on the rodeo families because they're just just good people that just want to treat people like they want to be treated. It's a it's a good solid solid culture. Amen. It really is based on. Some really good, cool, like you just said. I don't need to say it again. When's the last time you guys get to go? You, you get to go as like a, a fan anymore? Like just to go to a rodeo? Just just watch? We play them. Like, but not playing them. Like, like. No, no, I, no. I went and photographed Cheyenne uh, a few years back. You know, we had buddies and I got into that, you know, after yeah. I quit the business and all that stuff. But uh, it got into that and started chasing them around. Went up to into, into Montana and got somebody into, into some of those real organic rodeos where it's, it's funny. I mean, it's yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I walked back at one point and this kid, uh, there's a place called Mile City, Mon, uh, uh, Montana. And uh, it rained for two days. So the, 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 the rain, I mean, like it was nothing but that, that much of that mud. And those kids were... They're riding rodeo stock for the buyers to bid on. So they're just, they'll get off one horse, go get on another one, go get on another one. They're belly flopping in the mud. I mean, the photos are unbelievable. <laughs> man. So, and it lasts all day. It wears them out. So you walk around the back uh, behind everything, and uh, uh, they're all like sitting on tailgates, just going, oh. <laughs> So 
this one kid standing up behind all the rest of them, and he has one of those big liters of whiskey, and he's just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get, I didn't get the shot, but it's like, dude, we are spent. <laughs> but it's you know, fun stuff. What was yeah. the question? <laughs> That's good enough. Yeah, my, you know, my job was to sing at him. Yeah. I've been singing the rodeo since I was, you know, starting out. I started with the Lazy E down there, uh, the Time Defense Championship, all that stuff, the international finals. Um, so I was never a good enough athlete uh, to to do it. If I would, I'd be I'd be two hundred pounds less than I am right now. The uh, but those guys are amazing athletes. So it, it's fun. I love the way they live their lives. I love I love the talent they have that I don't have. So it's fun to get to sing about. Yeah, it's appreciative. You know, and I, had, and I had cowboy. I've you know written tattooed down my yeah. arm. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared to death. Walk back, go back <laughs> around all the real cowboys. Somebody's <laughs> to pull me in there. I'm gonna come out with my nose sideways. You know? <laughs> um, tell me about the time. Did you almost have to change your name because of? Can you? Can we talk about that a little bit? Because yeah. Kicksburgs. When we got signed to Capitol Records, another artist was Kicksburgs on their solo deal. And uh, so they said, if we're, we're going to sign you, but we're going to need you to change your name because we got kicks. And uh, one of the many things that I owe this guy right now is I got to keep my name because uh, Dubois uh, found Ronnie and wanted to put Ronnie and Kicks together. And so Kicks left Capital, went over to what, Arista? Yeah. 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 And uh, so they said, hey, you're clear if you still want to use your name i said oh cool yeah garth brooks but he goes no no we want you to change your first name <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell's a guard henry to henry, <laughs> henry. <laughs> was there a time where you had some choices narrowed down like you're like all right i'm, I'm gonna have to change it and well, we're from Oklahoma, yeah. so we'd go back for Thanksgiving or whatever. And you did the Conway Twitty thing, where you're looking at every every town in Arkansas. Uh-huh. Trying to out. Uh-huh. No, I'm just uh, I'm not in a very imaginative guy. Yeah. So it's uh, I like uh, I like the fact that I got to keep my name. Uh, congrats on the bar about to open up. Thank course. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you: Did anyone ever approach you guys to do a Brooks and Dunn bar over the oh, years? What a great uh, idea! Uh, yeah, yeah. We're just afraid to be in the bar business. You know, we don't have as much money as Garth. He, he can, you know, <laughs> yeah. he can sneak around, take a risk that big. We can't. <laughs> uh, that, you know what? Brooks and Dunbar, we need it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, we need it. Just all do right. a license deal where it doesn't cost you any money. Yeah, Somebody else is okay. front it all, but I'm telling you, we need a Brooks and Dunn. Well, loan me some. That place would be. Okay, let's go. Sounds like a good business deal. I mean, is you front the money. A few third, like, floors? <laughs> can you give up a floor to? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Not a building tall enough in town to take care of this business, right? Six star would be Brooks and Dunn, I guess, yeah. Or busy. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, when you and Kicks dropped Brand New Man, Garth was already two years into his career. Did you have any of the same concerns for, about the name stuff? Yeah, of the band? Yeah. Well, we, yeah. I mean, we sat down and tried to do the same thing. Just took took notebooks and passed them. Coyote Brothers, Cactus Brothers, whatever. You know, it had to had to be have a Western slant to it. So I went away, went to Oklahoma and visited uh, relatives and came back. And uh, Kicks had sent uh, the idea to uh, his brother-in-law, who was a on an ad agency up in Maine. And that logo came back, Brooks and Dunn. And the way it stacked up artistically, this is like, we're like, yeah, okay, I'm good. I didn't care. I needed a job. We were good. That's yeah. fantastic. And the logo of the, the steer head just also is just, just too good, man. It just, it just worked out really well. Yeah. And, and, of course, we had Holly Dunn at the time, too. Yeah. So we had all the last names kind of going all at once. That's a good point. 
Um, and finally, people want to know, like, what's on your guys' tour rider nowadays? Like, when you roll into town, like, what do you need? I was thinking about this. Do you have anything on your tour rider? Because I've heard all these stories about people that do. Yeah, all their green m and stuff. Yeah, and you got anything like that? Nothing crazy. I've, I've like heard that. recently underwear. Yeah, and I no, feel, no, I feel no, like I'm do. disappointing people by not having something cool on my rider. No, we've rider, never but... been trying to try to do that. It may be like a, like a little, little humble bottle of Blanton's or something. We all like to take in the band. Like just a, a shot going on. When we all gather at the box, you know, most people pray and do things that are righteous, and we'd shoot whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Which right before you go on is righteous. Yes. It is. <laughs> it's like, Woo, all right. There's nothing that you require backstage. I, I can't. I can't think of it, man. I'd be trying, but we're all we're all got raised the same way. Yeah. Right. So the whole crew is either from Kansas or Oklahoma, pretty much. Uh, we've all been together since day one. I think. In 2024, we'll have 33 people over the 30-year mark wow. uh, with us. So we're all the same guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you come to this business. It's like uh, we had a song called Back When the Old Stuff Was New. And there's a line in it that says, no rules, young fools coming from the old school, begging for a place to play. I love that. And we're still that way, man. You still, uh, man, when somebody says, hey, we want you to play, it's like, yeah. Slide us up. <laughs> Is that on the new record? Or some stuff you're working on? What, what did you no, say? that was that was back when you guys were busy so much. Okay. Uh, did you see a single episode of Friends or or uh, no. who was the guy Seinfeld? No. I never saw a single episode no. of any Same of that here. stuff. Never did. Because we were wow, you we were lucky like, enough to be gone. You, know, you can catch time, up man. on all well, that. Yeah. Time, man. <laughs> we had our own little reality, and definitely, definitely wasn't going to get it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, for taking the time. We really love yeah, the song. Thank you, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you guys. Thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, let's bring in Billy Dukes uh, from not behind the camera on this one, because uh, as I mentioned earlier, we went to their actual recording studio. But let's bring in Billy Dukes from behind the scenes to talk about this one. You had yourself a day this day. Do you want to talk about your full itinerary and what you did on, on this particular day? Yes. So on this particular day, I came into work really early uh to get my actual work done you know like the the radio show and all that stuff and then i had scheduled in one day i had i went to uh garth brooks and ronnie dunn's recording studio there and recorded this interview got my makeup done and all kinds (laughs) of stuff i didn't wasn't expecting and then I went and had to kill an hour, so I went and got some coffee, and then I drove over to Warner Brothers Records, uh, walked into the wrong Warner Brothers, I went to Warner Chapel Music, which is across the street, um, and then <laughs> I figured out I was at the wrong place, and then went to the right Warner Records and was received by someone right away, and they brought me upstairs right to Kenny Chesney, where I interviewed Kenny Chesney, uh, and then I went home and played on the floor with Barbie dolls with my little four-year-old. It was <laughs> the craziest day. Uh, we could uh, share more about the Kenny um, another time, but tell me about the experience with Garth, because as you said, this was like, this is a high dollar affair. Like, they had multiple cameras, they gave you makeup. I bet you there was a little bit of a spread, wasn't there? A little food and drinks kind of set out for you, just in case? Yeah, there was some catering. Yeah. There was like uh, some some food, you know, some light snacks. Uh, and I, so I walked in, and um, I sat down on like this 
in this room where this couch and stuff, there was like pictures of Elvis up. Like it, the room looked like it was, you know, like in the, in the seventies. Uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the label record label guy and it's just like me and him. And then, uh, in walks Ronnie Dunn and he's just by himself and, Nobody says anything to him. He goes over and starts eating some strawberries uh, <laughs> and just starts. And he was just standing there for like 10 minutes. And then they were like, all right, Ronnie, we're ready for you. And then he was like, okay. And then they were like, all right, Evan, we're ready for you. And I'm like, all right. And then they brought me back and they were like, uh, all right, lift your arms up, take your hat off. I'm like, what? is happening and this guy started wiring me all up in my pants and stuff all getting all your, microphone wait, whoa, whoa, whoa he put the microphone in your pants i, think I mean he was like hooking it to my belt buckle <laughs> oh, <all> and right. <laughs> you know he was in there man and then like uh they started putting they were like uh putting some makeup on me and i i mean i I didn't know any of this was happening you know i, I might have dressed up a little bit I, I mean i knew i was on video but um and then uh yeah and then i and then i just sat down and you know it was weird because like they weren't ready you know they were still setting up stuff and i'm there i am just sitting there with you know ronnie dunn and garth brooks and uh, you know there was like a minute or two of just chatter um and, but they were like including me in the conversation i was acting like i wasn't like paying attention but they were just talking they were to me trying to warm you up a little yeah, well, they were. I, I mean, they they recognize, especially Garth recognizes that he's a pretty big deal, but he doesn't want whoever he's talking to to be intimidated by him. So he was probably doing a thing where he kind of tries to make you feel more comfortable, recognizing that you could be a little bit nervous, especially you know he knows he's never met you before. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it's really nice, you know. Um, and then so, uh, they started talking about the 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 conversation before we were rolling tape was all about how they only like they I don't, I don't know it was like how they like to hire women to work for them because women are so much smarter than us men and uh, you know women get the job done better and you know they found that out early in the career that uh, you got to have a bunch of ladies around running the career so. I have a couple of questions, but first I want to point out that when the the hair and makeup is really good, uh, if you show up, you can get yourself a free haircut too. I've had that happen where you show up Whoa. and they're like, "Well, let, let's let us clean you up a little bit around the ears." Whoa, that would have been yeah. cool. I would have taken that. Uh, Gareth and Ronnie are releasing their song "Rodeo Man" on Big Machine, and Big Machine for years, like whenever they had a big album coming out, would bring media in to do kind of a similar experience. These sort of junkets where they would they would rent a room for a day and bring in like the biggest media outlets in town, and we benefited from that a lot. Like I think there's one from way back in the day with us and Taylor Swift, certainly Thomas Rhett, Tim McGraw, Brett Young. Like oh, wow. used, this used to sort of be their standard uh, right up until about the pandemic. Then they kind of quit doing it, but maybe maybe they'll start bringing it back. Yeah, it was um, really cool, man. I, I, I mean, if they do bring it back, uh, the bring back the haircuts part too. That sounds really cool. Um, but so, yeah, it was just sweet. 
So before we get into the actual interview, I, I do have one question. I think the interview was around 12, 13 minutes. The, the one downside about this arrangement is that they get the footage, like it's their footage. And, you know, if there's no, something they don't like, they might kind of nip and tuck. And I've had them do that in kind of some small ways before. Was there anything that got edited out of your interview? I don't think so. I was expecting something. I don't, I, not that I remember uh, after, after listening to it, watching it, I don't, I don't think they did. I used to always sort of like turn my cell phone on like uh, the phone recorder and just sort of slip it into my chest pocket just in case I didn't get something back because they would never tell you we did this. And so, you know, at least then I had it and I could kind of refer to it. I don't think I ever used it, though. Like that might have kind of gotten me uninvited. Yeah, Maybe that's why I don't get invited anymore is because I did that. I don't know. <laughs> I did that one time when I was getting fired at a radio job. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I knew I was getting fired, uh, and uh, I have done it twice actually. <laughs> one, <laughs> one time when I was quitting, but I I had to ask. It was a whole process. I had to ask for a. a uh, an amount of money that I knew they weren't going to give me because I wanted them to not renew my contract so I could move to a different radio station. So I had to get that on tape. So I put oh. that in my pocket. And then another time I knew I was getting laid off and I actually called my wife and put it in my pocket so she could hear the whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, uh, sidebar. Well- sorry. What did you want to know from Kicks and Ronnie? Like, kind of, what was your number one question once you got past sort of the the theatrical element of this and sort of the nerves of getting to meet both Ronnie Dunn and Kicks Brooks for the uh, Ronnie Dunn and um, Garth Brooks for the first time? Man, honestly, I wanted to know. I was really intrigued by the whole name change thing, and and you know, back in the day, what it was like, you know, when one when they would compete. I thought that was really interesting because I wasn't sure if they would be competing per se, cause they were a duo versus a solo act. But you know, I didn't think about like entertainer of the year. There's duos in there. It just doesn't yeah. seem like there has been, gosh, has there been a duo entertainer of the year, uh, nominated in a long time? I don't can't remember, recall. I mean, f- only one that might've been, and I, I really can't recall if they were nominated was Florida Georgia line. Uh, they certainly yeah. should have been in that category, but I don't so, know yeah, if they ever got one of those noms. Yeah, I mean, that that caught me by surprise. I, I wanted to know about that. So it was, that was interesting that they, they said they didn't compete, but they did. But uh, And I didn't know that, you know, Garth, I thought it was interesting that he said he owed, like, his name and his career a, lo- a little bit to Ronnie Dunn for, you know, protecting that name a little bit and the Brooks. And I I just thought it was cool that they had never been Brooks and Dunn, even though it's Brooks and Dunn. Like the average country fan knows that, but someone that doesn't know about country music might actually think that's Brooks and Dunn. I was hoping Ron, uh, Garth had like a fake name that he almost went with, like a, like a Max Powers type situation. Um, but it I sounds sw- like he 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 said like they they didn't want him to be Garth. I he couldn't tell that if he was there. joking or not. You think he was joking? No, I think he was serious. I think I think they had an issue with his name being Garth, so they had he almost had to kick around, or he was asked to consider changing his first name, but maybe he he put the the the, the bar down. You know, he wouldn't do that. It sounds like he wouldn't even consider that. 
Yeah, and then I thought that was interesting that Ronnie Dunn and them were like, yeah, we would have j- gone by anything. We just wanted a job. You know, so it's, it's um, right. when, you're, when you're first starting out in the game, it's hard to imagine that Brooks and Dunn almost weren't Brooks and Dunn, and, and they just wanted a, a, a gig. They would have changed their name. So I, I, when I heard that, you got to remember when Kicks and Ronnie, and, and everybody kind of forgets this, when they first kind of got going in the early 90s, they were dang near 40. Like, they weren't young men in this game. They had been really kind of going after it for a long time. So they probably looked at this as, like, their last shot of real stardom. So at that point, they're like, whatever you want to call us. You know, I mean, we're not, we're we're done. Our egos have been checked at the door. You can call us Tom and Jerry (laughs) if you want. I'll be Rocky. He can be Bullwinkle. Let's just do this thing. Boot scoot and boogie. All right. And that you makes know? sense, though, that, they're, that they were at the you know a little bit older because that's there's something to be said about that because when you're young and in your twenties, you know stuff like that matters, and you're like, no, I'm not. And then once you get to the age where you know maybe they were ran over a couple times, they're like, yeah, man, we just want this job. Just you can call us whatever you want. You know, it's 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 interesting that uh, I bet that happens more than we think. Well, it's always sort of, um, you know, the negotiation. And there's probably some, in every negotiation, a, a number of things that are peculiar, strange, silly, or just really kind of, you know, like, for instance, I'll use Cody Johnson as an example. This isn't silly, but when he he signs with Warner Music Nashville, well, I think they're just like his distribution partner. Like, he didn't sign with them, per se. He wanted to make sure he kept the rights to his music, and it was his own label. And he's kind of a a unique artist in that, but I'm sure that was a part of a long negotiation with him because that was something that was really important to him. Other people yeah. might have things that are a little bit more, um, I don't know, strange maybe to an outsider, I guess. Yeah. You got to have cojones though, to start asking for stuff like that. If you're brand new, I mean, you got to know that you're good, you know, and that a lot of people will be, you know, bidding for you and then you can get into that bidding war. But I mean, we've talked to a few country artists that, say that they had a bidding war going for them as well, you know, like Jelly Roll and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think once you get to that bidding war stage, you can call your own shots. Because speaking of Jelly Roll, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody was like, that name is not going to work in country. You know, and he was like, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to ask him that next time he comes in. Did anybody ask him to go by Jason DeFord? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. dude, I... I yeah, that's a great question because I, I I put money on that one. Do you think Garth was BSing about his tour rider? Like, if we actually got a look at his tour rider, do you think that there's something on there? It's like, wait a second. Yeah, I feel like because every country artist I feel like has like this underlying, uh, you know, I don't want to seem high maintenance when they answer that question. I think that. I mean, they all have to have. Certainly, Garth Brooks has to have a tour rider, and he's he's got to have some things on there. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I find yeah. it hard to believe that Ronnie Dunn backstage just wants one bottle of Blantons. Like, they're leaving out all kinds of things. I think I don't know, but I thought I would. I would almost guarantee that there's like a, a full. It's got to be like a full sheet of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, especially with that much band and crew in, in both of their cases. And with yeah. Garth, it might not even be anything that's like Jimmy Allen's underwear. It might just be that we see something that's like, oh, wait, hold on. He needs a jet to, you know, his might be like really 
high dollar sort of asks uh, okay. that are above and beyond what like someone else could feel comfortable demanding. Like everybody that's needs true. transportation to the show. Garth needs to be flown in a helicopter, for example. That's <laughs> not, that's not the case necessarily, but that's kind of what I'm wondering if his answer really would be if he was being honest. But he's never going to yeah. say that. Yeah, and whoever back in like the '90s, God bless him, whoever answered that question with green M and M's, because that answer still goes around. Even Ronnie Dunn was like, "You know, we don't do anything yeah. like us for only green M and M's." Whoever answered that question for the first time is an icon. We got to get to the bottom of that. That's a podcast oh. we need to do. Oh, I know the answer to that. Oh, what is it? Well, oh, so I can tell you who it was and why they did it. It was Van Halen. Whoa. And they did it because they knew it was such a strange, peculiar request. They wanted to, but their show was um, really kind of complicated. And if not sort of produced and put together properly, it could have been really dangerous. So they put the Green Man and M's thing on the tour rider to make sure that they were actually reading the full list of demands and were paying attention. That gave them some assurance that the set and like the pyrotechnics and everything else they were using on stage was attended to properly. If they got this detail about the M&Ms right, they probably did a pretty good job with the rest of the elements as well. Wow. That's next level right there. Encyclopedia Dukes right there. You really came through with that. That's that's cool. As a clever reason um, for for doing that as well. Uh, I thought that was was interesting. Was was there a question that you you didn't get to ask him that you wish you would have? Um... I don't think so. I think that I, I think I got to almost everything. I think if they hadn't wrapped me up, I mean, I might have started just making stuff up. You know, <laughs> I just think that I think I, I mean, just as a fan, you know, like a, you know, have you ever walked into a bar and sang your own song karaoke? Mm-hmm. You know, like stuff like that. But I think I got everything I needed, and then I was like, all right, this is great. I'm out of here. My favorite part was right at the end when they both admitted they've never watched Friends or Seinfeld once, like not a single episode. Oh, my God. I, the only thing I was wondering that whole time was, oh, I hope they're still filming because this is great. I hope they're still filming. And I wanted because I, I thought the interview was like kind of over. Uh, but the, yeah, that's so crazy, because if you think about it back when they were, you know, there was no like you you, you couldn't DVR. You would have had to like VHS yeah. tape it in the bus and like, you know, whatever. But I did softly recommend to the gentleman that you can catch up with those nowadays shows with technology, but it didn't seem like they were too interested. I wouldn't catch. I don't. Have you watched episodes of Seinfeld? Kind of twenty years later now, twenty five years later. I gotta tell you, I never watched Seinfeld when it was on. I just oh, wasn't right a fan. It doesn't stack up. Like it was great at the time, but now it doesn't land. Like to me, it doesn't hit as as hard as it did then. And I was never mm-hmm. a big Friends guy, so maybe it's the same with that. Some shows do. Old Simpsons episodes, I think, do. Old King of the Hills certainly do. Oh, the yeah. Office still does for me, but Seinfeld. I've watched old episodes, and I'm like, especially like the early seasons. My God, it's boring. It's not. It's a tough show to watch. Well, it's like Frasier, right? I didn't watch that either. Well, that was a more traditional kind of sitcom, though. Okay. See, now um, I can watch Martin and Saved by the Bell all day. That's all those day. are my jams. All day, all day long. <laughs> Those poor guys, man, they missed out being on the road that long. 
I want to ask about one more thing, and I should have addressed this kind of at the beginning when we were talking about the mood. If you see the video, and we're going to have the video of this interview up on Taste of Country, and you'll see Evan uh, on YouTube, and you're wearing a shirt. I think you have a, a Costa logo on your shirt. And you told me they had an issue with it, so they taped it. I thought they just taped the whole thing, and that was going to... What, what they like put little pieces of tape kind of scattered you could still totally see the logo like it didn't do anything what was the thinking there what was their concern and like why was that a satisfying way to handle it, it it's weird <laughs> man i have no idea at first they taped up they were going to tape the whole thing and then they were like let's just do little chunks just to break it up and I then they were looking for another hoodie for me, and no one had one. And I kept saying, I'll turn it inside out. It'll just look like a black hoodie. And uh, they were like, no, we'll just tape it. We can't have any logos. And I was just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. It was one of those things where I just was like, man, I'm sorry. Nobody told me. I wish I would have known, you know? Was- was this a conversation before or after Garth Brooks walked out with a shirt with a giant logo on it? <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. Well, they, the lady, the lady was like, "Well, that's his logo." And sure. So, because someone said that, someone was like, "Well, Garth has a logo," and they were like, "It's his logo." And I was yeah. like, "I didn't say anything. I was just standing there the whole time, like, just nervous." I was like, "Man, whatever y'all got to do to my shirt, go ahead." Yeah, the solution they came up with was, I mean, Subpar. everything else was high dollar, but this they did not have a way to handle this. They had not yeah. thought of that as a problem. Yeah, subpar. And then I forgot that it was like taped up. I think I interviewed Kenny Chesney that way. And I think I like walked around to the grocery store that way. I probably went through the wash that way. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs>